Welcome back to Scotland Talks, bringing you less stress and more success with the power, the power of joy. How amazing is that? Uh, thank you so much for being here again today. Please like and subscribe. I love bringing you this content, but it does take effort, time, and money. So please continue to support the show. You can listen on a variety of the audio platforms, and you can watch it on YouTube and elsewhere. So thank you so much. Today, I'm super excited to have uh, a wonderful person in the studio who has some incredibly useful things to share with us, Callie Patrick. Hi, Callie. Hi. Callie is a sleep and wellness specialist, a sleep and well-being specialist. She really helps those who are struggling with sleep to find healthy solutions and she helps those of us who, or those of you who may have halfway decent habits, uh, prevent a lifetime of frustration, mm -hmm. sickness, mental cloudiness, and just not being in your full well-being. So welcome, Callie. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So when did you start really focusing on the subject of sleep? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, someone who has a business or a practice is often told, well, you need to find your niche, right? You need to really discover who it is that you're going to help. And I, I really just sort of worked with people who wanted to feel healthier and better um, for uh, for several years, right? I, I was a mind-body wellness coach. So I worked with people who were stressed, who dealt with emotional and stress eating, who had chronic pain, because that was another experience that I had. Um, and certainly the sleep and insomnia, which I also suffered from for about 20 years. Wow. And um, after doing that for a while, I, I was thinking about this idea of who is, what is my niche, right? And I was thinking about, okay, these are all things that are pillars of health, but like, what is the core? Like, what is the foundation of living your best and being your best self and being your healthiest? And every time I thought about it, sleep really felt like the right uh, the right aspect to address first, right? Because if you're tired or you're sleep deprived, you're much less likely to want to move and exercise. And, and so then we have problems with, um, you know, being active and getting the amount of exercise that's necessary. Um, of course, if you're looking to lose weight or maintain your weight, making healthy food cho choices requires energy and it requires some planning and effort. So that, of course, is affected when we're sleep deprived. And of course, there's this, this uh, tight coupling between stress and anxiety with sleep deprivation. And so if you're stressed, you're not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're more stressed. So it really felt like the place to land to help yeah. people unclog everything else that might be troubling them. And I think it's a place that is, um, you know, exercise and diet, we're just overwhelmed with content on exercise and diet. Mm -hmm. But sleep gets, which is part of the problem, I think it gets pushed yeah. to the back corner, swept under the carpet. Well, if you're going to survive at some point, your body will just fall over and sleep. So other than that, and in this culture where it's go, go, do, 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 Absolutely. we don't have that sort of uh, French, you know, like we take two months of vacation a year. <laughs> Uh, my husband worked for a French uh, tech company for several years, and it was just so interesting seeing like a totally different, you know, they very much kept to their business hours. No one did overtime, good, mm -hmm. bad, or indifferent for maybe the company, but compared mm -hmm. to the American lifestyles that we're so used to being a part of, it was different. 
Absolutely. We def we definitely have a culture of being always on, always mm-hmm. going. I'll sleep when I'm dead. And yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, not sleeping well does increase your risk of a, of most chronic diseases. Yeah. And also from dying of those chronic diseases. Yeah. So it's it's very, very important. Yeah. So let me uh so I'll ask you this. So I'll start with my own question, which is just I grew up in a family that was very health-minded. Sleep was very important. Bedtimes were strictly enforced and all of that. Mm-hmm. As an adult, um, my schedule varies a lot. Um, I have a podcast this Saturday night at 10 p.m. I mean, it's just like things happen and my publicist <laughs> set it up. So I can't really say no. <laughs> I travel a lot mm-hmm. also between time zones around the world. so. I realized that in normal everyday life, you know, staying on a somewhat of a schedule is really vital and important, but also mm-hmm. that in real life, it isn't always possible every single day. I'm kind of that person where I kind of like get, getting stuck in this all or nothing rut. It's either like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing it perfectly. And then I have one day that throws me off and I'm like, oh, forget it. Like I just totally messed up. And <laughs> so my <laughs> question to you is what's the best way to handle things like your schedule changing and not being able to be as regular with your sleep and get up at this time, go to bed. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly that does add a challenge, right? If you're able to have a consistent, uh, wake time, mm-hmm. almost more important than bedtime. Interesting. Okay, um, good. That's good. You're able to have a consistent wake time and bedtime. And if, if you have any rituals or routines around that, I mean, oftentimes we have something, but we don't think of it as a ritual, right? Mm-hmm. Most people wake up and they get out of bed and they do a certain number of things, yes. but we don't think about them. They're just sort of autopilot, mm-hmm. right? So um, I have a whole thing about routines and rituals, but um, I think when the schedule changes, it, it definitely becomes much harder. And so what I would you know, suggest, you know, putting on an expert hat as opposed to a coaching hat here, is that um, a person who has a situation like that, like yourself, would find some touch points throughout the day, not necessarily to, um, to have a ritual or routine, but to just uh, work in some rest and rejuvenation, right? And I'm talking five minutes, I'm talking 15 minutes, I have a bunch of uh, different techniques to, to help people do that. Because oftentimes people think, well, I don't have a half an hour to get to a to do a meditation, or I don't have an hour to go to an exercise class. So what can you do in five to 15 minutes, there are some very useful um, techniques that a person can learn and do in that amount of time to sort of restore balance to the nervous system, right? When we're going, 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 and we're expending energy, there's that stress response, there's that sort of uh, stimulation that happens in the system. If we can recover, if we can rest and relax just a little bit, just to take some of that edge off, right? And we can do that at various points throughout the day, that just reminds your system what that feels like. And usually when people are able to do that, they have a better experience of sleep at night, whether that's falling asleep or falling back to sleep if they've woken up. Um, It sort of helps prevent some of that mind chatter from coming in. Um, And, you know, predictability of any kind is going to be uh, 
restful. It's going to be stress reducing. So maybe that's a meal, right? Maybe you always have a meal or a snack at a particular time. Um, or maybe that time varies, but it's always a similar snack, right? So anytime we're um, in this place where we can predict, where we know what's coming, right? As we've seen over the past couple of years, when you don't know what's coming at all, it's very stressful and yeah. it's very yeah. hard on the system. So any predictability that you can introduce um, throughout can your day, then throughout the day, I often the... point, yeah, I often point people to the day because they think the problem is at night and the, the nighttime reflects the daytime. Mm -hmm. So if you can make some tweaks to the daytime, usually the nighttime works itself out, but it's knowing what things to do and routine and rhythm is part of that. Yeah. Um, and one last very important thing about that is that you have to know how to rest yeah. to be able to sleep. If okay. Never sit still. Who can't? <laughs> then of course you're going to have problems sleeping yes. because you're the same person whether you're sitting yes. there in a chair during the day or you're laying in bed at that yes. night. So, so I totally relate to that because I'm kind of a switched on person. That's just sort of how I am. My mom is is like twice as much. I don't know how she sleeps, but she sleeps great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, good for her. Her exhaustion, possibly. But anyway. Um, <laughs> But um, so one of my biggest challenges is switching the mind off. Mm -hmm. And I find this more difficult with working from home because this whole work-life integration situation is constant. We have now the benefits and a lot of my clients will say the same thing. We now have the benefits where we can take off a couple hours to go to an appointment or go to a kid's game or whatever we need to do. But then we have an obligation that really can't be avoided to do our work in the evening because then, you know, so in a way our life works better, but I don't necessarily think our schedules are better. I think they're more chaotic. And then yeah. when I work until late in the evening, it's very hard to turn my mind off. Also, just even if you're just watching TV, that can get my mind going, not turning it off. Um so it's a real challenge. And I'm that kind of person. I have the tablet by the side of my bed. I write down to do things as I think of them. Mm -hmm. But going to sleep has always been my challenge. It's not so much staying asleep for me personally. It's just mm -hmm. that initial going to sleep. Yes. Yes. I hear the mind chatter a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, and and this, is, this is a symptom of right working right up until bedtime, right? There isn't that time of clearing. So, you know, I would ask someone like yourself, well, what are you doing to support your sleep? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to help not just clear your mind? Because I think many people get into these ideas where, well, I need to distract myself, mm -hmm. right? I'm thinking about work and yes. to help myself sleep. I'm going to distract myself with a television program, yes. right? But that's just taking the stimulation from work Mm -hmm. to the content of the television show. And you just mentioned, well, I get all, you know, you get mm -hmm. into the program. Or like next, 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 because exactly. like, it was so, that time an hour ago, but I can't stop now. <laughs> yes. And, and, and they can't stop. This is, this is really a, a core piece of it from most people. It's learning how to set and maintain boundaries mm -hmm. and boundaries with ourselves, right? That, 
it's important to me to be able to rest and be able to sleep. Therefore, there's a, there is, you know, maybe some sacrifice or trade-off, right? And a lot of clients that I work with also have, you know, issues with other people. I was just going to say, how do you live in the same house with other people then? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, living in the same house, um, living with people who are far away, who are, you know, maybe struggling, you want to be supportive, you want to listen to them. And all of that is stimulation. And all of that is energy that you are taking in by, you know, being there for them. So, you know, a lot of the work I do is helping people really set boundaries with themselves. Part of how we do that is really figure out what is the motivation? Like, why do I want to do this? What is important to me about sleeping better, right? No one comes to me and says, I want to sleep better for the sake of sleeping better, (laughs) right? Well, how does that feel for you? What, how does that change your life when you start sleeping better, right? And, and when we connect with that deep why, Mm-hmm. then when that challenge comes of, well, do I watch another show, right? If we can call that up, if we can feel like, oh, in six months, this is what my life is going to be like, because I have made this choice. I love that. Actually, I really do. Because then it's more cause and effect. And I think as so often is the case, we tend to focus on problems and symptoms instead of uh, the desired result. So we're focusing on the negative, not manifesting, if you want to use that word, I use it cautiously, but not manifesting the positive outcome, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely, I know one thing I did um, with my husband, who's, he, he's in sales, he's like very organized around finances. And he has this habit of talking to me about bills at like 1030 at night, right when we're going to sleep. <laughs> did you pay yeah. the power bill? Did you? Do? And I'm like, Now I'm thinking about money. And then he's like, okay, good night. And I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) I can't believe you did it. So I told him, sometimes you forget that like, here, I have a rule now from Mm -hmm. 10 PM to 8 AM. No talk of finances ever. Unless a house is burning down or something of that magnitude. Right. Those are my, those are my 12 hours off. You have 12 mm-hmm. hours all day to talk to me about bills and finance, but that's one of those things that gets me going right at night. And Absolutely. I'm just like, and not really him, he'll just go to sleep. But I'm like, I'm the one who's like, <laughs> yes. And I, I have the exact same situation, right? My, my boyfriend and I are on a different sleep schedule, right? He's a night person. I'm a morning person. So same kind of thing. Like when we would come together, it's discussion of house things. Yeah. Um, we live in a 1920s house that's got a lot of projects, right? So there's there's just like, okay, well, did we call this person? Did we set that up? I can't. Yeah. This is not before bed. To do's. Yeah, no, we need to make and and what you did and said, this is my time frame, right? <laughs> and and we actually have a Saturday morning conversation about those things. Nice. I like find it each that's week. perfect. Like there's a designated time. Mm-hmm. I might shy away from the designated time. But- <laughs> But another thing I did in my own life was, for example, so we talk about practicing getting still, practicing having a still mind. And for the really go-go person, it's sometimes harder to get into a practice of meditation because it's so boring and still like we just want to climb the walls. Yes. But then when you finally get into it, then you have people, especially now and everyone working from home in the house, pets, dogs, husbands tapping on your office door. And so I literally got on Amazon and I bought door hangers 
that say things like do not disturb meditation in progress because the polite asks, it wasn't that he wasn't trying to honor them. He just kept forgetting like, okay, well, here you go. I'm going to put it out. I won't leave it out for hours just to like hide. I will put it out when I'm using it, when I need it to not be disturbed. And then when Mm -hmm. I'm done, I'll open my door and I'll take it off. And that was really helpful because I couldn't get that still time during the day. And it was a good place to start anyway. Right. And, you know, the other interesting thing about, you know, as you're speaking about that is, you know, you created a support for yourself, right? I've had clients literally lock themselves in a room, right? Um, It's necessary, right? But the other thing I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, meditation has become, you know, oh, let me listen to this thing to help me fall asleep. Or I need to sit still and that's just not me because I'm mm-hmm. a go, go, go person. And I put myself in that category mm-hmm. as well, even though I have like, I've really tamed down yeah. over the years from, from doing <laughs> these practices. But um, from a therapeutic yoga and meditation perspective, we work with where you're at. Mm-hmm. So if you're the kind of person who's going to be moving around and twitching around, then let's do a meditation practice that moves you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That if you're someone whose mind runs off, then let's do a breathing practice that you have to pay attention to mm-hmm. mentally mm-hmm. so that there's no possible way for you to be thinking about your to-do list. Which is really, really brilliant. And I have found those pieces. So my number one choice for meditation when I have moved into that space is I like music background or or nature sounds or something. I like a track without words that's kind of my bliss place meditation. When I can't get my mind to stop, then I use guided meditation because it does help me to stay focused. Mm-hmm. And if I can't sit still, if I'm just having one of those days, then I do a walking meditation. Yeah. So I still put on, you know, I put on my earphones and I do, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, which the walk isn't going to hurt you anyway, but it's better than nothing. Again, probably mm-hmm. guided so that you can't start thinking about the laundry you didn't start yet or whatever. Um, and then at home too, I mean, I know a lot of people have done this now because it COVID and working from home, but like getting the noise canceling headphones is hugely helpful. If you Mm. have a house with like barking dogs or noisy kids, or sometimes I even wear them when I go to bed, just if this house isn't quiet enough yet, um, Mm. just to kind of get that, you know, take it down because it's just, you're so hyper alert. It has, you know, unless I have quiet, unless I'm laying horizontally, I basically can't sleep, which mm, doesn't great mm. on planes, but <laughs> right, right, right. Really well, not well. Your point here is that you know life is very stimulating. Mm-hmm. There are so many avenues where our senses are just being you know bombarded with sounds. Right, we heard the sounds in my background. Yeah. Right, the the lights, the people, the the information. Mm-hmm. Right, the content of the yeah. information the screens, like everything all together for most of my clients, they have a hyper aroused nervous system, almost to the level of vigilance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And if oh, you I think thought. about yeah. being vigilant, sleep is not compatible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? <laughs> this is so interesting that you said that because um, I was just sharing my story on another podcast right before this, uh, how I grew up in a very isolated environment, way out in the country, homeschooled, no other social interaction really almost at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And no TV, 
permitted. It was more of like a religious movement choice back then kind of a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically no radio. Um, there were, there were no noise or lights. There was nature. We lived on 160 acres in the middle of nowhere. Um, so with nature, I developed this huge comfort zone where I go to nature to get my equilibrium back. So that was a gift. Yeah. However, to go from zero stimulation to now, uh, I also am like, okay, I understand why it's hard for me to go to sleep. I used to go to sleep listening to crickets, literally, you know, yes. no, no car sounds, nothing. So why I've had to wear earplugs most of my adult life to sleep because it just, so it's like, okay, so you go from zero stimulation to overstimulation. I'm still the same person, but I'm reacting differently. <laughs> Right. Yes. Yes. And the, 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 you know, I work with people sometimes who say that, well, this never used to bother me. Yeah. Right? This sound never used to wake mm -hmm. me up Yeah. or this drink or the, whatever it is. Right. And the way I describe it is we all have a cup, right. <laughs> and the cup has some baseline of water in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it depends how much you've taken out of it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Have you rested? Have you meditated? Have you walked? Have you done something to regroup? Yeah. Right. Or do you just keep adding at some point the, the cup overflows? Yeah. yeah. And that's usually the point where people are really suffering from night after night of not sleeping, of right. severe mind chatter, of feeling the effects, mm -hmm. um, the present time effects. Yeah in their health and well-being and their mood uh, on having not had quality sleep. Mm -hmm. um, so it's also so, cumulative then. It's like it's cumulative. Exactly. It builds and builds and builds. And it's just like what well, we use is like what almost like passive aggressive behavior, but in our sleep, right? Where you, you're just like, okay, I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm so tired. I can't sleep. And you're like, yes. what happened? <laughs> Yes. Yes. And I, I love to equate sleep with surrender. Mm. Sleep isn't something you control. Mm -hmm. It's something you influence. The same <laughs> thing with meditation in your mind. You don't control your mind. You don't mm -hmm. stop your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You influence them. That's good. You direct them. Thoughts. You focus them. And what's nice about the cumulative effect is it works mm. the other way. Oh, yeah. You oh, do yeah. practices for five minutes. Mm -hmm. The more frequently you do them, the longer that you do them, right? The more that that effect builds Amazing. and the easier time you start to notice that you have. And we're not even working on sleep in yeah. some way, right. right? We're working on the other stuff, which is the whole balance. Exactly. So let's let the sleep go and let's yes. focus on all the other stuff. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I don't have to work so hard on my sleep. Yes. Excellent. Well, no, this is so, so much. I just love this because it's so much about what I teach in balance and addressing all the different areas of your life. And yet I've rarely done much work, you know, with clients. I'm not an expert on sleep, but around sleep, I think it gets really uh, neglected. I have one other question before we wrap up, which was something you said earlier, which was sometimes getting up at the same time is even more important than getting to bed at exactly the same time. So 
I've just recently started doing this, <laughs> getting, um, getting up significantly earlier, uh, having some accountability partners that I connect with later that day and doing some minimal physical exercise and activity right away. I am not a morning person at all. This has been like one of the banes of my existence, probably because mm-hmm. I have trouble going to sleep and then I don't want to wake up. And um, mm-hmm. so, but I did grow up in this family. It was very health-minded and very much you need your eight hours of sleep. And I think somehow that formula literally like adhered to my brain where I literally, if I just go to sleep naturally, cause I'm tired, I will wake up eight hours later, almost mm-hmm. to the minute. It's crazy. I mean, it's so strange, but normally I don't get to sleep quite that long. So my question is, if, um, how do you know that, how are you still getting rested if you still get up early, if you're tired? So what if one day, for example, I want to clarify one last piece. So Mm -hmm. even last night I did go to bed at a certain time and then Mm -hmm. I got distracted and then I got distracted again. And then I started thinking, so an hour into it, I reset my alarm an -hmm. hour later. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be so tired in the morning. So help me. (laughs) Yes. And I hear that so much, right? Oh, well, I didn't sleep the night before. So I slept in to catch up, to make up for it. Right. And, you know, I hear, I hear a couple of interesting things in your situation, right? The first is you're not a morning person, right? right? The second is this, this sounds like it's requiring a lot of discipline. Yeah. It's requiring accountability. Yeah. It's requiring you to be, uh, talking to other people about, did I do it or not? Right. I'm not hearing a lot of your own motivation, (laughs) right? What what about this is important to Mm -hmm. you? Lacking that vision, lacking that Mm -hmm. internal reason, it's going to be very hard. That's not impossible, but very much harder than it needs to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would suggest is get clear on why you want to do this. If all that fell apart, right. You didn't have your buddies. If you didn't have your, like, if you, if you go walk with somebody and you're, you know, Oh, I I have to meet that person. Right. If all that went away, you know, I'm assuming that you wouldn't do it. Right. Right. Then you're all your motivation and all your accountability is external. And that is never enough. It's really interesting that you say that too, because I would say yes. And if I hadn't been for that, I probably wouldn't have started in a short term. Mm-hmm. And then two to three weeks in, I started feeling the benefits so significantly that I now have much more motivation. So yes. I used to sleep in trying to wake up rested. Mm-hmm. And now because I have done the hard discipline, which hopefully won't be like a discipline forever. Yeah, I've realized that I woke up more energized earlier and that I had probably been oversleeping my whole life by maybe Mm. an hour. Because if I sleep that extra hour that I think I need, I wake up groggy. If I get up an hour earlier, when I used to just sleep straight through naturally, Mm -hmm. I'm more alert. So there's there's so much interesting stuff there. Uh, You mentioned that and I mentioned my sleep academy course to you earlier. Yes, there's there's information in there about what times actually are best to go to bed, what times are best to wake up, just how we're designed naturally Mm -hmm. to be in the rhythms of nature. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference sometimes with just, you know, a half an hour or an hour. And and you can wake up and feel like, okay, I'm riding that wave of energy versus, oh, I'm pushing up against a time of feeling 
a little bit more sluggish and then mm-hmm. it's hard to get going. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing I heard you say there was that you moved your time significantly. I'm a big advocate of moving time, you know, in small increments. <laughs> I will admit I did it like an hour to a half hour at a time um, over a yeah. couple of weeks, not months, but weeks. So moved, I would say a two to two and a half hours. Right. I, I usually move people around 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very I mean, at a time. Small wins. That's right. As you probably know, are super important. Yeah, right. We want to have success. And, you know, for some people, I work with people, sometimes they're not getting to bed till 3 a.m. So getting back to 1 a.m. is a huge win. Yes. Absolutely. But to do that all at once just doesn't happen. So we start in 15 minute increments. And one last point about the wake time. Um, Yes, sometimes when we're readjusting, when we're mm-hmm. when we're properly motivated internally to um, to make these changes, there will be some days where okay, you didn't sleep that night, so the alarm goes off, the temptation is there, and you say, "Well, okay, I'm getting up anyway," because what happens is the sleep pressure builds throughout the day. So if you started tired, that pressure continues to build, continues to build. You're essentially setting yourself up for a more restful, efficient quality sleep the next night. Yes, I see. That it. might take a couple days. Yes. Of almost feeling worse to feel better. Yes. Like you kind of just drop into bed and go. Right. And then you reset, you've retrained yourself. And, you know, depending on a person's current situation, you know, there, there's some obviously uh, differences there. But in general, we want that sleep pressure to build up, which is another reason why naps are questionable. Mm-hmm. It depends. Mm-hmm. Right? Every time if you're taking a nap, you're reducing sleep pressure. Mm-hmm. And there are times when that's appropriate, but mm-hmm. how much and when and yes. why? Yeah, super I'm, important. I'm not a nap person. But if I do, I usually do the 20 minute rule. Like if mm. I just feel like I'm going to die because of, you know, something the night before, whatever, very rare, but that I, I know that it's different times and amounts and how late in the day, otherwise, yeah, you know, sure. going into deeper sleep. Um, but agreed. So this is so, so helpful. And I love everything you said has reinforced what I knew. And then you've added a whole bunch more of really <laughs> important things. Like that was a real question I literally have been thinking about lately, which is, getting up at the same time, even if I'm really exhausted and how does that, you know, um, carry over. So, so Callie, wow, this has gone so fast because it's been so fun and so much great content. Oh my goodness. Um, but tell everyone where they can find out more about you and find out more about your sleep course. Sure. Sure. So my website is calliepatrick.com. I'm also under calliesleepcoach.com and that's K-A-L-I. And uh, on the site, um, people can either book a clarity call with me. I do a free consultation for 30 minutes to see if coaching is an appropriate uh, solution for folks. Uh, They can also look into my sleep videos, which are about sleep mindset. We didn't even talk about that, right? What do you say to yourself when you're up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep? You stupid idiot, right? Or tomorrow's going to suck, right? So 
that's an important component we haven't even touched on so they can get perhaps <laughs> free videos around that. And then my sleep course called the Sleep Academy uh, is essentially a six-week online training, uh, which is models the one-on-one coaching I do with folks across 12 weeks. Of course, it's abbreviated and more generalized, but you'll find information in there about sleep and stress, um, about those sleep times, and also those five to 15-minute techniques. I have four of those in there that you can sort of modify your energy up or down and uh, start building that uh, cumulative effect that we were talking about. That is fantastic. So again, the best URL or the number one is was CallyPatrick.com. Yeah. So if not this, so K-A-L-I Patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K, Patrick.com. And uh, yeah, this morning was actually an example. So I'm going to have to go now and do the course and find out more information about the sleep mindset because so this morning I woke up uh, about two hours before I was supposed to get up and realize, and I had I had important meetings this morning. I had to get up. I had to get ready. And mm-hmm. I looked over on my phone and realized that my phone cord had stopped working and it was basically oh. dead. Like the battery was blinking red and I had, it was still on, but clearly I couldn't trust my alarm to go off. So then I had to get up. I'm running around the house. I can't find the other cord. I'm running out to the car in my bare feet. I'm coming back in. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) now that I almost had this adrenaline rush, like, because I couldn't miss this very important meeting. Now I need to go back to sleep. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And you're breathless just telling me the story. I'm not not hearing sleep coming anytime soon. It was like, I was, it was a very weird. I actually thought when I was this morning, I said, well, this was my brain kind of going into a mild fight or flight reaction, which was mm-hmm. something bad is going to happen, really wake up, get clear, find a solution, which took way longer than it should have. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, how do you, then where do you go from there? I'm, should I just go up? But then I got to bed late. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be learning about sleep mindset because I think that's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, do you have any social media that you want people to check out or just go straight to the website? Um, yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter and LinkedIn okay. and, and all those social media um, that people can follow me. Oh, YouTube. Also, I have lots awesome. of uh, videos on there. Um, people can find any of those links from the bottom Perfect. of my website. So those are all good. there. So good listening. All right. Thank you so much, Callie, for being here. I wish everyone a joyful week that is very restful. And if you check out Callie's website, you'll probably have more rest, which will bring you more joy, more well-being. We want to live the most abundant and happy life that we can. So when we can make these little changes, nothing dramatic, nothing hard, 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 little changes every day to give us a really happy and joyful life. Who wouldn't want to do that if they could? So thank you, Callie. And, um, I really appreciate your time and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for joining me here on Scotland Talks. I'm so glad to have you here as always. Please do like and subscribe and also check out my Instagram lives. That's Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's noon Eastern Standard Time on Instagram live. And you can send me questions that you'd like me to answer on that show. So uh, go ahead and send me a direct message on Instagram or on Sundays, I usually post saying, send me your questions. You can post um, your comments and questions under that as well. So see you then, and then also see you again next week on Scotland Talks. Be well and have a joyful week.